Welcome to this week's podcast. This week we're going to be talking to Pastor Pat about the entire Easter week and um, not only our current experience of how we experience the Easter week, but how Jesus experienced the Easter week and how they relate together. And I just have some like basic questions on um, things that we just don't do at our church at, uh, and other churches do and some things we do maybe others don't and like why we do them. But um, I thought we'd dress up for the occasion. Yes. <laughs> Actually, yeah. we had actually today was a yeah. we had, Tuesdays are staff meetings, uh, elder meetings that turn in. Uh, the last part of the morning is a staff meeting, and every couple of months we have a let's get the air out, let's take the pressure off, and we just have a fun day. So we played the gym, played volleyball, all yeah. the whole staff had a lot of fun today. Yeah, so we're all dressed in like workout gear. It's yeah, kind of funny. Okay, anyways, I just thought I'd throw it out there in case people were like, what are these guys, slackers, yeah, doing? Dress up to talk about Easter. Right, right, yeah, so. Okay, so I just thought it would be good, like, I just happen to be, I'm in a chronological Bible, um, I'm doing NKGAV, but, um, and it just happens to be right at the, first, like, this last week. I mean, he's, like, you know, flipping the tables and all that stuff. I don't yeah. even have that in here, but. Yeah. Um, so, like, we kind of parallel that as we do the week, right? I mean, we have like Palm Sunday and we have all these things. So like, can you walk us through like the, a quick overview of Jesus's last week? Like what are some of the major points? Well, one thing that a lot of people don't realize who read their Bibles, there's a, a very large percentage of those gospels yeah. focus on the last week. In fact, John's gospel from chapter 12 all the way to the end is just Six days, wow. you know. So uh, so we know that the focus of the Bible is redemption. I mean, of all focuses, it's uh, God loves us. He, he, is, uh, he has given himself through his son to save us. And the last uh, part of every gospel account puts a huge focus on that last week. And the last week actually began in Bethany when, uh, when Jesus uh, was hanging out with... Uh, in, the, in a house of Simon the leper, that's where, that's where uh, Mary and Martha were as well. And, uh, and of course, the newly resurrected Lazarus, the very celebratory time. It's when Mary came up and anointed his feet with her mm -hmm. perfume. And yeah. in fact, Mark tells us his head as well. And it's, we, we just preached on this on Sunday, yeah. a very moving uh, morning for all of us. But that would initiate uh, just, uh, just a staccato-like fashion set of events. Which, which included teaching, it included uh, denouncing the bad guys, you know, the Pharisees, uh, uh, those woes, those seven woes against the Pharisees. Uh, uh, it would include teaching the Olivet Discourse, which is where almost all prophecy students go to, to see what Jesus himself had to say about the future. And so he's teaching about the future just before, uh, you know, he died. It would also include the cleansing of the temple, uh, and of course, that what we are more accustomed to thinking of, that experience that he had uh, teaching his disciples around the la at the Last Supper, John records in John 13, 14, 15, and 16. All those, all that that whole section is around the Last Supper, wow. and a lot of teaching. That's where we learn about the Holy Spirit. I mean, the Holy Spirit doesn't get a lot of airtime until Jesus gives him airtime during that time. So we start learning about the Holy Spirit, all this just before he dies. Wow. And then uh, uh, then his prayer to his father, his intercessory prayer in John 17. And some people think that's the Garden of Gethsemane. It's really not okay. because it would be after that that Jesus takes off with his disciples, teaches about the I am the vine, you're the branches. We think about these things, we separate them yeah. out. 
Jesus taught that just before he died. Wow. And, um, and then, of course, his, uh, his experience in the garden, the, the, his agonizing, his prayer, the blood that Luke, who was a doctor, <laughs> so he would tell us about the sweating right. of blood and all that. Uh, Judas betraying him, the arrest, and all of those uh, trials that took place that were, where he's falsely accused, and we know the story, beaten, scourged. And uh, he eventually hung on the cross. All of that took place during those times. The okay. last six days. Keep making me theorize. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the beginning of this is Passover, right? Like he's traveling to the Passover. So a lot of other people, I even read recently um, that it may have been like a bigger Passover because everyone was hearing about Lazarus and they knew that Jesus was going to be there. Is that, have you heard <laughs> that? It's, I mean, it's speculatory. It's right? speculatory. We don't really know that for sure. Every Passover was huge in sure. those days. Uh, the three, once a year? Three, once a year is Passover. Okay. There are several feasts, but three yeah. of them brought people from all corners of the known earth of those days, and particularly in Israel, to Jerusalem. Jerusalem would quadruple in size. In fact, it would be more than that. I mean, just enormous amounts of people. They'd be sleeping in tents and everything just yeah. because they wanted to be around there. So it was a huge event. Of course, the Passover would also be the season by which every Jew would just be dreaming of that Messiah because mm -hmm. they knew that the, what the Passover represented, the original one in Exodus, was the freeing from the bondage of 400 years in Egypt, mm -hmm. uh, Moses delivering them. Now we have a greater Moses, and uh, that's Jesus, of course. And he is the final Passover. And, uh, of course, they don't know that uh, and wouldn't know it for some time. I, I would add one more thing. I, this is me personally. This is The Bible doesn't teach us this. But uh, about 40 years after Jesus died and rose again, the Romans with uh, their, their, their general Titus came and destroyed Jerusalem, just mm -hmm. annihilated it, killed many, many people, stopped the sacrifices, the temple went, was destroyed, and there has not been one single blood sacrifice in Jerusalem since 70 AD. I think that was God saying, enough is enough. You have for a full generation mocked what my son did. And even though you're not going to believe on him, I know you will eventually because Jews will eventually turn to him. Uh, I'm not going to allow you to have these mock sacrifices anymore because wow. the final sacrifice is taking place in Jesus. I always wondered when that stopped. Yeah. It stopped that, because the Romans stopped. Is that the battle that Jesus was like talking about when he was telling? Yes. You when he was sad and, and was. That's. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I'm looking right at the passage here in Matthew 24. This wasn't a setup. I, I, we, no, no, this is just, just coming out. That's here. where I'm reading. Right he, now, so. uh, Jesus left the temple and was going away when his disciples came to the point uh, to point to him all the buildings of the temple. The temple was this temple was 46 years in the making and it was spectacular. And they they thought Jesus would be impressed by them pointing things out. And he says, he answered them, you see all these, do you not? Truly I say to you, there will not be left one stone upon the other that will not be thrown down. And he was referring directly to what Titus would do a generation later. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. Yeah, I thought I'd quick add what we're, before we go through there. How many times have you been in Israel? I've been there three times, yeah. and uh, and since we're into the shameless plugs, uh, <laughs> tentatively speaking, uh, when this whole COVID veil lifts and we're able to travel, I I hope to be able to go there again in 2022. Oh wow, I didn't mm -hmm. know that yet. That'd be a four trip. That's just I just was thinking about that as you're explaining some of this. Like all I have is the you know 
drawings in the Bible yeah, yeah. or whatever, you know, yeah. like I don't really never been there. And I just remembered you've been there. So it's just kind of good for people to understand that yeah. you've actually been there. You've been through these tours. You've had it, Jews talk to you and teach you this stuff directly, like from their culture, yeah. not just being an American and looking at Jews or even American Jews. Like, so it's pretty, pretty cool perspective. It's so, even more fun to have a Christian. Oh, sure. A messianic yeah. Jew. Yeah. <laughs> One who believes in Jesus, you yeah, know, right. uh, teach right. you. It's really cool. Okay, so teach me because there's all this stuff, and I've grown up in this church since a child. So I, we've only done a few of these things, and some of them only recently. So Passover, that's something that they still celebrate, right? Like Jews do. They still celebrate. Yes, they but, do. But mostly only Jews, correct? Or do other people celebrate? No, Passover? it's a Jewish Passover. Okay. It's distinct. It's distinctly Jewish. I mean, there are variants out there that celebrate something like it. But as we understand it, Jews do. They, And some of them probably do blood sacrifices. I imagine you could probably, sure. you know, Google uh, some that are doing something. But generally speaking, it's nothing like it was because there is no temple. Right. Uh, so they have a different way in which they do it, but it's very powerful. And there, it still depicts, even though they don't recognize it, uh, everything that Jesus uh, hmm. did for us. Sure. Okay, so then we have Lent, which I think is also the same week, right? Or what? Lent is obviously giving up something. I know yeah. that. But like, where is that in the Bible? Where did that come from? I know you were a Catholic as a child. So yeah, like, is that a Catholic thing, I think, right? Or yes, it is. And But but the uh, Roman Catholics are not alone. Many, many denominations and Protestant denominations sure. celebrate Lent. It is not in the Bible. Okay. Uh, it is a traditional thing. It actually is not during this week. It actually starts 40 days before. So it has oh, that, okay. that word, the number 40. When they Jesus have tithes. Well, it, the number related. 40 is a symbol of, is a symbol of uh, testing. Okay. So that's biblical. The number is biblical if you're into yeah, numerology. Yeah. So, you know, Jesus tested for 40 days. The, you know, uh, the children of Israel wandered for 40 years. Uh the there's arc. lots of 40, the ark. So there's 40, that's a very significant number. Okay. So 40 days before this week, during this week, uh, Lent occurs. And when it does, uh, it, uh, it basically uh, institutes a time of self-sacrifice. Uh, the, the thoughts behind it are very noble. Um, you know, I will give up something. Mm -hmm. I, will, I will fast. I will uh, quit watching tv i'll you know, people do all kinds of, is it jewish no 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 it's, so then what what's the like fish so people are always like yeah there's yeah. fish fries you know and like churches yeah. are doing fish fries like yeah. where does that come from yeah. well it, it doesn't i mean it comes from something Cult, like it, just a tradition yeah somehow. uh well it's a religious tradition right. uh if uh, if there are catholic scholars watching this they'll probably come and uh, and share their their knowledge but at the end of the day Romans 4, verse 3 says, what does the scripture say? The scripture doesn't say anything about Lent. Mm -hmm. The scripture doesn't say anything about the necessity of doing that. Uh, I'm not saying it's wrong. Sure. I'm not saying it's wrong if somebody wants to do it. There's right. nothing wrong with that. I, I think there's certainly something. People do it with social media. Yeah, and in fact, or, let's just make it, let's just make it um, contemporary right here. I mean, at Sailorville Church, we are into the Holy Week. We're into the second, it's, uh, third day. And... Um, uh, we are calling our own people to a, a day of fast, to choose a sure. day this week to not eat. Mm -hmm. And why not eat? So that you can concentrate on the Lord, so you can, when you don't eat, your your senses are a little keener, your mind's a little sharper, and uh, and you hunger for God, Lord willing, through right. this process. And we bring uh, the souls of people before the Lord, the, the, their need to know Jesus or to get right with Jesus. And so... 
we're praying every morning to that end. So we're 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 doing a little bit of that, yeah. and uh, but it's just, it's not really Lent per right, se. Right. And we just did is that that was the recent podcast was about all about fasting, right? The last mm-hmm. couple weeks. Yep. 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 Uh, so if you want to watch that, you can go back and watch that. Yeah, okay. that's right. We did one. So then we have, I think, in the timeline. The next thing would be Palm Sunday. So I'm thinking traditionally like people celebrating, talking about church schedule. Would that be next? Well, Palm actually, Sunday that would have taken place. That would have been right, last right. week. That would have been last week. Right. We could have done that. In fact, one of our church plants did something like that. They had a little something with the kids and oh, yeah. all of that. So there are many traditions that center around this week. Sure. Uh, but one of them is not the Easter Bunny. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, So you know, I'm I'm uh, I have been criticized uh, for being the anti-Santa guy. You know, Uh, and I preached against Santa Claus about 20 years ago, and uh, I think I had probably about 40 Santas in my yard the next week. uh, (laughs) Stickers on my window. Somebody put a 10-foot blown-up Santa in my front yard. I mean, that's. You got to hand it to them. They went over the top on yeah. that one. So yeah. uh, I'm still not any less anti-Santa, right. but I get it. I get the fact they're having fun with it. Yeah. Uh, and the Easter Bunny, the same way. I mean, you know, I remember, um, do you remember the, I, I don't know if it's still being circulated, but the, the cartoon that would come out every Sunday morning called the Family Circus. Oh, yeah. And uh, so you'd have Comics. all these, and I don't know if it's Tommy or Jimmy or Stevie or whatever. Yeah, they, yeah. Billy. It's Billy, actually, okay. because because the guy's name is Billy. And he likens himself in that story. Okay. So it's one of my favorite ones is an Easter is a, is a, an Easter morning one. You know, uh, uh, little Billy's sitting there in the pew. They show him in the first sitting in the pew, and uh, the preacher's preaching, and uh, and Billy's going back over the week. And, uh, and he's saying, Mom, uh, who's, uh, who's coming this Sunday? And Mom said, well, the Easter Bunny. And then uh, he goes all through the family talking. Everybody, the, the answer is the Easter Bunny, the Easter Bunny, the Easter Bunny. And finally, and then it comes back. One of the last screens is the preacher saying, and they rolled back the tomb. And what do you suppose they discovered? And a little Billy yells out, the Easter Bunny, <laughs> which is just, I mean, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But wow, does that yeah. teach us something? Oh, yeah. And it tells us that these things are distractions. Mm-hmm. It, to me, the Easter Bunny is a, a bigger sham than even Santa because, again, I get the fun stuff. And what probably what I like about Easter is just it's, it's just a one-day event. It's kind of hard to – people don't get sure. – you don't decorate their houses and right. put it's lights around Christmas, their house yeah. uh, like Christmas and that. And uh, so – but it is a distraction, and I really wish parents would take advantage of this week mm-hmm. with their Bibles or with their children's Bibles, with their picture Bibles, whatever it takes to get their kids to focus on the reason uh, God gave us the Bible to begin with, to teach us that he loves us. And the ultimate love, of course, is through what his son Jesus did for us. And go through this week and all those yep. things that Jesus did, and particularly his suffering and death for us, and then glorious resurrection, which, of course, we celebrate this Sunday. Yeah, we usually do, um, we read through the daily, like where Jesus is at. We've got like a little summary. And then we, I think we do this thing where you, you bake this uh, bread thing that's got a marshmallow in it. When you put it in the oven, the tomb, when you take it back out, the marshmallow has melted and disappeared. And so the kids are like, oh, where did it go? Oh, like, Jesus is gone. I love that. So we try to I do as it. many of those as we can. You know? I love that. Um, but, uh, so we were talking about Palm Sunday. You were talking about kids is how we got onto that. Yeah. So we don't do anything particularly. I mean, you preach about yeah. that time, right? 
But other than that, it's pretty much just to like, uh, okay, we need to remember this time. We need to line ourselves up with where Jesus would be at, right? I mean, that's basically what Palm Sunday is. He come, it's called Palm because they were waving palms and laying on the ground and as he honoring was making him his as he way. came in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So is Ash Wednesday part of this? Well, Ash Wednesday is actually the beginning of the Lent season. Okay, so it's back in part of Lent. Okay, and, see, I don't know any of this. And here again, uh, just so that your our, our listeners and our watchers can uh, know this, I love the idea of Ash Wednesday. I it, again, It's not found in the Bible, mm-hmm. uh, but the concept and the purpose of it is found in the Bible. And again, growing up as a Roman Catholic boy, I remember, you know, the big deal is, you know, you'd go in there and the priest would, would take ashes from the Palm Sunday of the year before, from the year before, they they take those palms from Palm Sunday, they burn them, they save the ashes. I did not know They this. bless those ashes, whatever yeah. that means. They think that gives them sure. whatever, perhaps some mystic, uh, you know, grace or something. But yeah. then they dip their thumb in the ashes and they do the sign of the cross on on the heads of individuals as they come up for this blessing. And they, and they always say, as they do it, remember that you were dust and to dust you will return. Mm-hmm. Now, the idea was that was, be, that was the beginning of the, of the Lenten season. I still okay. do this. I love the concept. I love the idea of reminding people that they are a dying people, mm-hmm. that we, are, we age, we get old, we get decrepit, we die, we get cancer, we die, we get in an accident. We die, something happens, we die. Mm-hmm. We're dying people. And uh, anytime we can strike the senses of, of God's people to know that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. You need to remember that. And every time you go to a funeral, frequently yeah, so you remember exactly. that. I was thinking about that line you always say at a funeral. Like, well, it's a Bible verse. It's a Bible verse. Better that's to right. be in the house of mourning than in the house of feasting. Yeah, yeah. Feasting, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's what Solomon so said. To remind you of how short your life is, basically, right? Yeah. So the so the Catholics have Lent, and they begin with that. And it, it to me, it's very powerful. Uh, I, we don't do it. We don't practice that. Because for us, it was always cool to see how long you keep your ashes on your forehead without rubbing them off right, or whatever. Right. Of course, that's silliness. But that's just another tradition, not necessarily in the Bible. Okay. okay. So then next would... So those were part of Lent, not in the week. But Good Friday would be the next event that we would celebrate yeah. remember whatever so we haven't always done good friday right like how many years have we been doing that we've Maybe done it for 10? quite a few years yeah we didn't do it the first several years i was i was here like, i don't I, remember doing it as a kid uh uh-uh. And it was something you kind of added about halfway through your ministry maybe or uh, i did just because um uh, it made sense to do it. If this is the uh, this is the holy week and we recognize it as such that leads us to easter but you if you can't, if you don't have Good Friday, you don't have Great Easter. <laughs> right. And if you don't have uh, Great Easter, Good Friday really isn't all that good. Yeah. <laughs> you got to have both. Yeah. And it's interesting. It's called Good Friday. Yeah. I mean, this is this is <laughs> the celebration of the death of Jesus. Yeah. We're gonna have a very interact uh, interactory. Uh, how do we put this this experience? This experience kind of a thing. We're gonna do this Friday. We're gonna be people are gonna go to several different places in our church to sort of experience that pathway that Jesus took to the cross, and we'll we'll celebrate the Lord's table together. Yep. And um, uh, so it, it is good because Jesus dying for our sins is a good thing, and that's what makes the gospel, which means good news. Uh, that's what makes it good. 
Yeah, my kids were asked. They one of them called it Black Friday the other day, and then they were like, "Why is it called that? Wouldn't that one be Black Friday?" And then getting good sales would be Good Friday, and it's like, "Well, one came before the other." <laughs> so I always did wonder why it was called Good. I mean, I know as a believer, we know why it's good, but like yeah. I always wondered why it was called that. Um, okay, so we usually do communion. Then is that when we would do communion? We Again, do to you, parallel I, Jesus's Last Supper, right? That's correct, and so we—that's exactly what we do because that was the institution of the Lord's table as we understand it. And by the way, it was done on Passover. So everything about the Lord's table, the two elements that are left that we use, the elements that that the Passover has been reduced to for the church's sake, the one, the bread, and then the juice. And uh, I have always been scratched my head over how Protestants oftentimes make these two symbols very redundant. They just both picture the death of Jesus, and sure. that's so not right, and that's so not biblical. I mean, the bread, just as the Passover bread was unleavened, mm -hmm. because leaven pictures sin, the bread is a depiction of the perfect or sinless, perfect life of Jesus, tempted in all points like you and me, but never sinning, unlike you and me. Mm -hmm. So it took that perfect life for him to die what the cup, the juice, the wine represents, which is the blood of Jesus, which what represents his sacrifice, thus dying for us. So you have to have the perfect life and you have to have the sacrificial death. Together they bring salvation. That's what's symbolized in the Lord's table. And cool. that's what we'll be celebrating on, on Good Friday. So this Good Friday, um, we're, we don't want to like tell all of the stations, but yeah. one of them is the Last Supper. Mm -hmm. Can you explain, or have you talked, I know Jason's leading this, like this time's not technically communion because, well, at that point it wasn't communion, right? It was the Last Supper. That's correct. And so if a parent brings an unsaved kid or a non-believer were to come, this is the Last Supper, right? Like this is how we're going to explain it. Have you talked to Jason about that at all? No. Uh, That's how I heard him explain it. Like, yeah, he's going to have, we'll have to have that conversation, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I would understand it to be communion in the classic sense and probably tell people this is a time for those who have placed their faith in the Lord Jesus. Uh, if, it, what, I, if What I'm hearing you yeah. say is Jason's going to say everybody should take it. His idea was it. like, you know, communion is part of the body. We do it mm -hmm. together as a remembrance. But this is supposed to be us experiencing it in the moment of Jesus' yeah. timeline. Yeah. So at that point, it was the Passover that he was doing. Yeah. And it was not the communion. And so he's trying not to use that word. I didn't. I just didn't know if like. It's funny he told he it, talked yeah. to you about this and he hasn't talked to me about. <laughs> I this. know. <laughs> so uh, it's a surprise for you. <laughs> surprise. Uh, uh, he's a pastor. Too, what came so. to my mind though, Doug, I have yeah. to tell you, what came to my mind is, and I'm okay with that. If that's yeah. the way our, our our pastor Jason wants to do that. Um, is uh, you know Jesus uh, took bread and dipped it in the cherishish this this uh, mix of of herbs and stuff that Jesus... Like they have at Olive Garden. Yeah, like yeah. not quite like that. <laughs> oh, that's good. But remember who he offered to first? Judas? To I'm Judas. guessing. Yeah, he yeah. did. Uh, so the offer was to an unbelieving man, so it would not be wrong in that instance uh, under those That was his point was he was like, Judas took communion. Well, yeah. not communion, Last Supper. Yeah, is and a lot of people around is... here do and they shouldn't be. <laughs> is that when he asked, do you love me? But you said it, he said it in the different... Is that the moment? Yeah, he didn't say that, but that would be the essence of it. Of you know, the three he, different he, loves. You know, you know. Well, his love for us is this agape love, of right. course, and uh, and so when he offered that, you know, the tradition said the person you first offered 
the bread to. It was us. You were you were honoring him uh-huh. above all the other guests in the home. Uh-huh. And in other wow. words, it was like his invitation. Will you will you believe? Will you mm-hmm. forsake yeah. the direction you're going? And of course, uh, do you know the Bible tells us at that moment Satan entered Judas. Mm-hmm. That's pretty scary stuff. Yeah. 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 So. Wow. Okay. So then we have, I I was going to talk to you about like, uh, we've done Good Friday all kinds of different ways. We had a casket one time to like really, you know. Focus on death. Yep. Just like we have, we've just done random things. Not total, not not random, but I mean, just like very different things. Yep. Um, So when... You always love ending Good Friday with the resurrection coming. Because mm-hmm. like I know sometimes we've had people kind of doing that service and they're like, we want everybody to be walk out like, that's like Jesus is dead, like everyone else felt. But you always want to like go for the Sunday, like Sunday's coming, you know? Yeah. So like, can you explain your heart behind that, I guess? And just like what you expect, even this one, we're doing something to do with that. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to sneak peek it, but like... Yeah. Yeah, what, what's what's our mindset between the end of Good Friday to Sunday as in our life now? Well, this is really just me. I, uh, I I could see the sense of leaving people in that heavy sense, and we do we do work hard, as you pointed out, with all the sensory things, as we will this Friday, mm-hmm. to get people to think in a heavy sense. Their Savior died. Look what He endured just for you. Uh, I can see value in walk, them walking away like that, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that about 99 percent of the people know what's coming. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, so let's give them a taste of that. I'm reminded of when Winston Churchill, the the, the famous uh, Prime Minister of Great Britain, who was their human savior, you know, from World War II, uh, he planned his own funeral. Uh, and, uh, in the funeral, they, uh, at the, at the very end, when the funeral concluded, a bugler came out and played taps, you know, you hear it played at, yeah. in graveyards. It brings tears to your eyes when you, the American flag comes yep. out or whatever. And they played taps and you could just sense apparently the heaviness, their great leader is gone, you know? Mm-hmm. But then, off to the side, another bugler came out and played revelry. What you that? play revelry in the morning, meaning a new day is done. Oh, got, got, got you it. You know, you get out of And they did that at the funeral. Why? Because of the expectation of the resurrection. And that's what I want to put into people's yeah. hearts. Cool. Now we just need a bugler. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you should do that. <laughs> okay, so then you have Easter. So Easter Sunday, we're packing it out, we're adding another service. We really are trying. So difference, another difference I'd like to point out is like Good Friday is usually typically focused towards believers as a remembrance, right? Correct. Like not a super evangelistic moment. I mean, you always share the gospel, but um, Sunday is that, you know, CEO time, right? Yeah. Christmas, Easter, and whatever. Other special Day, events. Mother's Day or something. <laughs> so, like, we're going to have a lot of non-believers in our building, most likely. Visitors, hey, grandma, you want to come with? Kind of stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. we really push evangelism at that point. Um, you've, for, man, I can't even remember when we didn't, but 
put baptisms. When did you do that? Say, let's do baptisms on a Sunday. As Easter. many years as I can I remember. I know, me too. Uh, and because baptism is, as you well know, it's the symbol of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ, you know. Yeah. And uh, I jokingly told our people uh, several years ago, I said, if I baptize people the way you shared the gospel, I'd never let you out of the water. <laughs> because a lot of people just focus on the death of Jesus. But he rose from the dead. Without the resurrection, it's not good news. Yeah. And so we always uh, have baptisms on Easter. We'll be baptizing several people, and they will be dynamic testimonies. So I was going to say, you got some good ones there? There's some powerful, brand new Christians. Somebody yeah. just saved out of prison, came to Christ. Another agnostic slash atheist who spent lots of time with our evangelism director came to Christ. Uh, another couple, here's one for you. A couple's going to get baptized in the, it'll be the third service, the 930 service, that is the great nephew to the patriarch of our church who hasn't been able to be in our church for almost a year. He's 97 years old. You know who I'm talking mm -hmm. about. I do. And, uh, and, uh, and, but unbeknownst to him, his great nephew came to Christ through our ministry several months ago along with his wife, and they will be honoring him as wow. they get baptized. How wow. cool is that? That's pretty awesome. So to answer your question, because yeah. baptism is a picture of the new life we have, we yeah. love to put some baptism. Not too many. Just uh, yeah. It's more of a symbol. Of course, it is a symbol, but I mean, we, we just put a one or two, a uh, couple of baptisms in each service. And we do, are we doing extra music? Yes. We'll and sing. then you shorten your message a little to leave room for both of those I things. Do. Right? I do. I preach a shorter message on, on Easter. Not that I don't want to preach a longer one, yep. but uh, we think it's a celebratory time. The baptisms yeah. are all going to be evangelistic messages in and of themselves. Right. Yeah. And then you have uh, uh, probably three or four extra songs. And we, as you know, because you're the one making it, making it sound as good as it Hopefully, does. Yeah. This right. is the guy who makes Try it sound it. as good as it does. Uh, be great, great praise. And then of course, yeah, I'll preach about a 20 minute message. It'll be, I'll be, if God will allow me, I'll be hitting on all cylinders. Uh, right. Make the most of those 20 minutes. Yep. Have your Red Bull. Uh, no, I don't have to. I have I know, the Holy I Spirit. I got I better than Red Bull, but I have a but couple of those on four the, you know, just in case I need the ones. Yeah. Uh, also a lot of people. So if you want, you can watch live at any point during the Sunday so you could see those other baptisms, or they'll be online later. But yeah. there's a lot of people who will stay. Like, they'll come to the one service, then they'll stay to watch baptism, then sneak out, or watch them in the foyer, or watch them on the screen. We're not encouraging that on I know, Easter. I know, They do, though. Uh, I watch they them. do. They it's, do. We pack. Sometimes, you, if you're in our church during baptismal service, you'll see the entire, the place will be packed, and the entire back will be yeah. just lined with people. Because, and then as soon as the baptism's over, they yeah. leave because they were in the service before. Right, right, right. Pretty yeah. funny. But you watch it online, too, so yeah. live online. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so after Easter, we got Sunday afternoon, families are together the next week. Like, how do you keep that from dying? I'm thinking as a parent, but like, even as my own heart, like how, you know, or, or reading through the Bible, like yeah. what's, what's next? I mean, well, that's a, to me, that's, that is as practical a question as you're going to ask during this podcast, because we do tend to just sort of unplug things when they're done. Yeah. And this is not something to unplug because what did the resurrection give way to? The resurrection gave way to the ascension of Christ into glory after he rose and spent 40 days showing himself to be, 40 days, time of testing, to show himself to be alive, then ascended into heaven, Acts chapter 1, and he ascended, the Spirit descended, 
the church begins. I mean, take your kids through that journey. Tell them what happens next. Jesus walks around, not just three days later he rose from the dead. Did you know he lived on this earth as a resurrected man for a month and a half? Hung out with his disciples, taught them about the kingdom of God, walked through walls and still ate. Things like that, you know. And uh, and if you want to know what your resurrected body is going to look like, just look at Jesus during those days. Teach your kids those things. Get them excited about that. Keep this thing going. Talk about the things that happen on Easter. If you're in a ch another church, it doesn't matter. Even if you're in a, a small church, you know, the church that I formerly pastors pastored uh, had, had fallen on some really hard times. It was a country church. It was going gangbusters at the time that I left it, and some great things happened. A new building, yada yada yada. Did really well for about a decade after that, but really has fallen on some hard times for the past several years. But God is blessing them. People are coming. Things are happening. If you're in a little church right now, don't 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 get jealous and and covet the fact that you're not in the church that can put on the big music and has the technology. And hey, listen, God loves what you're doing there, and nothing is more important than what you're doing in that church. Mm -hmm. And when you're done with whatever you do for Easter, make sure that you remind the kids. This is what we talked about last week uh, on Sunday. Remember the young man that came to know Jesus, uh, the young man who was baptized or whatever, whatever the pastor said, highlight those things. Your kids need to remember these things. They need to have these markers in their lives and Easter services are great times for that. Yeah, great. Um, okay, so really quick, I have just like a perspective on all this from like, like I, I remember you, um, I don't remember when you've talked about it, but like in services or something, you, you'll talk about someone like, or I've even seen you walk up to a new believer who's got saved a couple months ago, six months ago, and you'd be like, this is your first Easter. Yeah, like, ah, yeah. oh, this is so great. Yeah. And like, which they feel it too. Like sometimes they probably feel like, am I the only one here that's like a new believer? So like you got new believer, you've got old believer. Like I've been saved since I was a child. Of, I was like five um, or even, you know, other people who've been just saved for a long time. And this is like uh, another Easter. It's the same story, same story. And then you've got non-believers who just don't even maybe, they don't believe it or they just don't get it or whatever. So like um, through this whole week and Easter, like what's the perspectives that you're looking for these three types of people to, to pay attention to? New believer, old believer, and non-believer. In some ways, you just answered the question. We, uh, with all of the focus on what has happened during this this last week, the great focus on the cross that happens on Friday night, and of course the resurrection, we want we want the established believer, the one who's known Jesus for many years, like yourself and myself now, mm -hmm. uh, to just be remembered. This Easter time is a sort of a divine reset for all of us to mm -hmm. remind, this is the essence of what we are and who we are. It's not about this great program over here. It's right. not about this thing over here. It's not about the new guy we're bringing on to take care of the building and grounds or whatever. That, it's about Christ mm -hmm. come to save sinners lost. So it's a great reset for them. You said it yourself, for the new Christians, it's just like giddy time. Yeah. I mean, wow. I mean, this is what this has been going on all my life, and I didn't know about it. And I sometimes, and I tell established believers, go back to those earlier. You were pretty little. You were just a little boy when you trusted Jesus. I was a man. I was 24 years old, and I do remember my first Christmas. I do remember my first mm -hmm. Easter. They were just wow. 
amazing times for me. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, get get everything for all it's worth with the new Christians. And then for the unbelievers, they just need to hear the gospel. They need to hear the truth mm-hmm. that God loves them, that Christ died for them, that he rose again, and they can have eternal life if they'll humble their heart and trust Jesus. And that's why you'll never leave Sailorville Church on a Sunday without hearing that story. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we hope you can join us this Good Friday and Easter. And thanks for joining us for the podcast this week. See you next time.